Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. Now, during the show, I encourage you to go to my website over the commercial breaks. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And I really welcome some emails. So you can email me at mwolsey.com at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also go to this platform. It's voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel. And I'm on Facebook. That's LinkedIn. And, oh, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, rather. So for everyone listening, also, this is a live show, and we welcome you to get engaged with questions, comments, a point of view. So feel free to call in today. So today our discussion is called Lifting Up the Humanity in Business. And joining me is Farah Bala. Now, here's a snapshot about Farah. Farah integrates her 20 years of experience in the performing arts, arts education as a certified coach, and facilitation into her work as an intercultural leadership and communication specialist. She's originally from Bombay, India. Farah has a parallel career in the arts as an actor and producer with a Barrymore award-winning award nomination for Outstanding Leading Actress. Farah's speaking engagements have included Yale University, Ford Foundation, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and many, many more. And she's been featured in Umbridge's edition national award-winning book called Green Card Stories, one of 50 stories of recent immigrants from around the world. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, Farah. I'm so glad to have you here today. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Thank you. I am so excited uh, to be here. Um, I can't wait to jump in. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a great topic, and I think a good one to end the year on, too, is really, you know, lifting up the humanity and business. Before we get started, though, I have to ask you this question, because Farah, I get it all the time for the work that I do, and now that uh-huh. is, how did you get into this world of what you're doing, combining performing arts experiences with education, facilitation, and so forth? How did you get here? Yeah, I get this all the time myself, and it makes <laughs> complete sense in my head. Well, it's, um, I think it's a couple of different things. So here's a funny story. When it came time to pick my undergrad major in Bombay at St. Xavier's College, I wanted to pick psychology, and I did not have the marks for it, this, uh, the grades for it. And okay. so I picked English instead and got into the theater world, which I believe I would have even if I had picked psychology. So from very earlier on, I've had a curiosity around human behavior, around how the mind works. And I've just had this incredible opportunity to have a master class in that through my work as an actor and producer with the stories I tell. And then through my career, having led a theater company for a few years, having led independent producing projects as well, I realized that adult learning and development is a thing that is not given as much emphasis. You finish your formal education and you have all the support up until you graduate and then you're told, all right, you're ready, go out into the world and, you know, be successful. And 
And we don't quite know how to do that. And we wiggle our way through. And so I'm a huge believer in supporting learning and development, um, both with, with young adults, because I've been, you know, using the tools of the theater, uh, working uh, with the New York City public school system for over a decade, as well as professional development. Um, because without that, without acknowledging that we are constantly learning and growing, I don't think we really give ourselves the opportunity to reach our full potential. So it's, it's a number of things that come together for me. My passion for the arts, the storytelling, um, the tools of the theater, I think, are a fantastic uh, teaching mechanism um, in terms of the work that I do. So it's, um, it's a lovely confluence of everything, and I feel very lucky to do what I do. Well, and clearly you're, you're having an impact on people's lives just given the, the work that you're doing. So thank you for sharing that. I, I know I, I get that question a lot and you could line all of us up that are in the learning field and our stories and our paths will be very different, but yet there's some common threads in there. And one is that true desire to keep on learning. So I'm so glad uh, that that you shared that with us. So as you know, and, and our listeners know, today's show is really, we're focusing on lifting up the humanity in business. And mm-hmm. as you think about all of, their, all of what you're seeing right now, where would you put business present day on the humanity scale? You know, where where do you think organizations are doing well? Where do you think there's some real blind spots or opportunity areas? You know, when I hear that, I think of more than the scale of where businesses are at, I'm thinking about the disruption that businesses are dealing with. There is so much change that has occurred in the last decade or so. Uh, The way we communicate has completely transformed from um, a landline phone to a cell phone to Slack channels to video conference calls to bridge calls. the entrepreneur and startup industry has completely disrupted what it means to do business. Um, there is the younger generation is telling us what's important to them in terms of their own work-life balance. And I think that right now, um, more than anything, the conversation is around relevance. How do we stay relevant in a constantly evolving time? Every term is changing in its meaning and context. Technology has disrupted so many, um, the way financial service industries do things. Um, and, and so I think within all of this, we need something to hold on to. And, that's, and that is why I put an emphasis on the humanity of business versus the strategy of business. Because everyone's good at doing what they do. But how much more effective could we be not just in doing what we do well, but sustaining ourselves and our businesses through this constantly changing, evolving time in our world. And that is human connection. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you said the word relevance. And the first thing that popped into my mind was the greatest gift that we can give to each other as humans. There's probably many gifts, really, but one of the, one of the greatest gifts is to give a person time and that really feeds into that mm-hmm. relevance piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it's about how do we, how do we keep our, our people want to be relevant with us, with our mission. Um, the status quo around how business is done is completely toppled over in a good way, right? That's mm-hmm. what disruption mm-hmm. is. Um, 
Google recently came, came out with an article about how very soon in the next couple of years, a college degree is no longer going to be required for their hiring purposes. It's about skill sets. Um, right. It's about, um, you know, what, and young people are creating apps in their teenage years, in their basements. Yes. Um, they are, the, the internet has created this wealth of learning that's not conventional, that's not necessarily pedagogical, but it is very much impacting the world today. So if mm-hmm. that's where we are, what's going to keep us grounded is the question I keep asking myself. And that's when the humanity element comes in. Absolutely. That's the hum- and we, we need to hold on to that and not lose the human touch because that's what forms trust and the foundation of relationships. You know, mm-hmm. Farah, as you know, in this show, I really like to highlight transformational leadership, of course, with energy in the mix there. And from your perspective, you know, just in light of what everything you just talked about, we're thinking about transformational leadership. What do you see as the mm-hmm. key pillars for leaders to really be transformational. I've been thinking about the title of your show um, as when I, you know, since I found out that I was going to be uh, having this conversation with you. And I've been asking myself, what makes transformation different from making a change? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, a transformation is running the marathon, not a sprint. Okay. It is about not just making a change, but having a vision to sustain the change through generations, through uh, upcoming disruptions. And, and for that, you require a level of flexibility. I think for that, you require a level of um, focusing more on your people. In mm-hmm. fact, it requires focusing on, on, on your people, making sure that they're coming with you, making sure that they feel trusted and empowered to make decisions that is going to build on success. It requires connecting with each other on a deeper level. It requires mm-hmm. um, really being intentional and mindful about deepening our relationships more than just getting what we need from someone. It's not just about work or getting a task done. Mm. Um, it's, it's about collaboration. It's about working together. It's, um, there is so much in there that I think um, fuels the sustainability that transformation requires. Right. And, you know, embedded in all of that, because you've mentioned quite a bit, and I, I really agree with you that it's about maintaining connections, collaboration, and flexibility. How do you see the, the concepts of communication, equity, and inclusion? Because I know that's, that's part of what your practice is, what you do in your work. How do those mm-hmm. fit into this? So for me, communication and equity and inclusion are, the way I see it, the foundation of pillars of, call it effective leadership, call it transformational uh, leadership. I think uh, those are the two, I mean, speaking of what what I said earlier, what is it that will ground us through change? What is it that will enable us to be flexible and not lose sight of what matters the most? And that is our ability to communicate, to deepen our relationships, to build trust, to empower our folk, um, to move forward together. And another aspect of this is how do we do it in a way 
that's truly intrusive. And that requires us to look, to, to put a lens in ourselves and our business and the systemic function or dysfunction of it. And when we are able to address our blind spots, to identify them, to see where we are missing out, and not just the business case of it, but with, with the focus on our people, mm-hmm. when we have the backing of our people, that's when we are in it for the long haul. So for me, the way we connect with one another and the way with which we see our people, which is that equitable and inclusive lens, I think that is what grounds us and prepares us to move through the unknown. Excellent. Those two are crucial. Yes. Especially as we've identified before as well, or we've talked about in other conversations and things as our, our work environment becomes more global, we become more distant in terms of phys- physical relationships and so forth. It's mm-hmm. paramount mm-hmm. to to have those. You know, I hear the word diversity still used. And in the word, and you talk about equity and inclusion. And I think the word diversity implies something different. What's your perspective on the word diversity? Um, thank you for bringing this up. I, I very intentionally do not use uh, the term diversity to describe my work. There is, um, you know, diversity and inclusion has become a phrase that's been used for decades. There are, you know, points of diversity, of course. Um, but for me, when we, when we say we need diversity, the focus is on the external coming in to make an existing system hopefully better. Mm. So for me, there is still a systemic dysfunction in place that's dictating what is diverse. And for me, being equitable and inclusive is actually turning that lens around and looking at oneself and the way one runs its business. And that is what starts identifying the blind spots in mm-hmm. our systemic work. Um, who, who are we including? Who are we excluding? Uh, who do we choose to hire versus who do we choose to exclude? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, and, and this is, again, um, I, I keep talking about this and I keep thinking about this in terms of the long haul, the marathon. This is not stuff that changes overnight. And mm-hmm. this is not stuff that's easy at all. But for me, it is very important that if we are, if we are dipping our toes into this world of equity and inclusion, we see the importance of looking at ourselves first before we make any other changes. Mm. I think the way so, you frame it, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think the way that you framed it in the very beginning, saying it's, it's the external coming in, there and right there, is that creates a whole uh, conversation in terms of what, what it really is. I want to pause right here, Farah, because we're already at a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation and also look deeper into empathy and curiosity because I know those are some really key things that really, uh, you know, fuel the work that you're doing with your clients. So here we are at the commercial break. For all of you out there listening, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. And we'll be back here in a couple of minutes. Be 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. So today I'm joined by Farah Baba. And this show is all about lifting up humanity in business. And before the break, Far and I were talking about communication, equity, and inclusion as being really important pillars for leadership and for leaders to have. In this segment, I want to dig a little bit deeper because there's some things that we know. Farah, I think you would agree. We know when someone is being authentic, being real, being genuine, and we also mm-hmm. know when they're not. And I think embedded mm-hmm. in all of this is is a, the elements of empathy and curiosity. And you know these these terms. I'm hearing them a lot. A lot of my guests, also my clients, we're we're talking about this, being truly empathic for someone, having pure curiosity. Yeah. And we say, yeah, 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 that's important, but we can't. Let's admit it, Farah. A lot of us just can't be curious without an agenda. So, I want to talk with you. <laughs> I want to talk yeah. with you about because you agree. Oh, that agenda! It's so important for us. Um, I, I get this all the time, right? When I when I put forth that you know my my perception or where I come from in my work around communication and equity and inclusion being um, crucial to effective leadership. Well, what is communication? And I, I am all about breaking it down to very tactical things that people can, you know, go and hopefully use versus conceptual things that people think about. So for me, breaking down communication, uh, for me, empathy and curiosity are paramount. And what is empathy? Empathy is the capacity to see something from someone else's perspective and not judging it to be right or wrong or good or bad, but just to say, hey, I see you. And I see that from your experience, this is what this is to you. Empathy is the capacity to really listen to someone's experience and listen to understand, not to debate them or not to prove them wrong and prove ourselves right. And so for me, empathy 
on a on a higher level is the capacity to have multiple perspectives coexist and work with that towards moving forward together. And I always say, um, you know, in terms of how do I bring my training to this work, as an actor, I've, I've gotten a master class in internalizing what empathy looks like, feels like, sounds like. Um, master teachers all over the world say that acting is all about listening. You listen to what has just been said to you. You are impacted by that, and you respond truthfully to your point about authenticity. Like, you really mm-hmm. see when someone's bringing their full self to this conversation, or they really mean what they say. That's what's happening. And it's not just a skill that actors use. It's a skill, it's a human skill. It's just that we've um, trained in it, that we've spent a lot of time just doing that. But it is something that can be activated in every single individual. Mm-hmm. Impro- improvisation. Um, the best improvisers, their number one rule Make your partner look good. It's not about yourself. It's about all about your partner. Mm. And this is when collaboration thrives. This is when this ability to truly lift each other up, saying, I see you, I hear you, here's who I am, and now let's do this together. And mm-hmm. that's crucial in terms of uh, building relationship, deepening uh, relationship, creating your shorthand with working with one another, uh, building trust in one another, however different you might be in your working styles or personality or seniority level. This is the crux of it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I love that you say, I don't have time to be curious. <laughs> and that's so real. You know, we are living in a very fast paced world. There are deadlines, there are deliverables. We have client needs to fulfill. I don't have time to be curious about you. And here's when I say, what would it be if we took the time to slow down to move fast later? I look at that slowing down as an investment in that relationship. Um, And I also talk about our relationship with familiarity. As, As we are growing up as children... Uh, the, the messaging that we've internalized is that the familiar is safe. The familiar is comfortable. We want to stay in the familiar. People like us, who think like us, who look like us, who speak like us. Mm-hmm. And when we're children, that makes sense because the elders are saying this to us for us to feel safe, absolutely, and feel taken care of. However, as we get older, if we hold on to this messaging and insist on only interacting with the familiar, there is a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. We risk creating even more distance with what we do not know. And when we start creating distance, we by default start seeing them, and this could be uh, seeing people or situations or cultures um, as different from us. And the human brain works in such a way that we immediately start comparing them. And we start evaluating what's better and what's worse. Judgments kick in. Assumptions kick in. Yep. And this is at the root of our biases, especially the unconscious biases. Right. And our, our mind goes to the confirmation bias. I try to find things that are yeah. common with you and me. And when they're not, then it's easy to ex- you know, kick them out. I have to say you packed a lot in this question here. 
I'm I'm still thinking about when you said with improv and empathy, mm-hmm. and it's all about making your partner look good. And what a game mm-hmm. changer if all of us were to to go into every interaction, and maybe it's not you know business, maybe it's not about making you look good, but really trying to. Uh, maybe it is making your your business partner look good that if you were to execute in such a fashion with all your interactions, what a game changer that would be. Yeah. And in terms of tools, empathy and curiosity, instead of moving further away from what you don't know, say, Hey, let's talk. Let's understand. I want to understand you, right? Put the focus on that other person and making your partner look good is different in different contexts. And in a business context, it could just be, you know what, I've come into this conversation with no personal agenda. I just realized that you and I have not had the opportunity to really get to know each other. So I want to know about you. And my goal is just going to be to listen, to understand who you are and where you come from and what makes you do what you do. And the curiosity element is, instead of making assumptions about what we don't know, let's just ask why, yes. why don't we do that? Because it takes time. Because it runs the potential of making our own assumptions wrong. And we are so binary with our right and wrong, with the, which we, with the way we see the world, that we move away from that. Mm-hmm. And my belief is the more curious we get, the more we, we have the ability to create new shorthands. Shorthands are important in the fast-paced world. But if we insist on using the ones we've already created, we're by default excluding a whole bunch of other people who are going to uh, either not be very motivated and not contribute to, to the collective vision or not contribute to the collective transformation or know what they want and go create it themselves. That's the mm-hmm. world we are in. Absolutely. Retention, um, motivation, Collaboration, all of this is at risk if we don't find ways to really come together. Now, by this, I also want to emphasize that I am not saying we need to agree with one another. Diversity of thought and challenge is key to moving business along, to moving vision along. We need all of that. But how can we do that in, in a framework of trust and deep relationship? saying that Mm -hmm. I see you and I know that you see things different than me and I'd love to challenge that, but I'm not challenging you. I'm challenging this thing so that we can make it better. Right. So it's not about agreement. It's about saying we can all coexist together and that we all have something to contribute. That ability is what moves transformation along and keeps it sustainable. You know, here's a good a good exercise or, or a tip or a trick, whatever you want to frame it as, for everyone that's listening on this call, that a good challenge for you is to really listen, just as Farah said, listen to what the other person's saying, and then play back what you heard. And that will demonstrate mm-hmm. how well you're really listening. And then the, uh, the mm-hmm. second part of that is, as Farah said, to ask questions. And what I find for myself that works is try to really lead with the five W's, what, when, where, how, not necessarily a W, and sometimes a why, but the why often can you know, make a negative stance. But try to lead with an mm-hmm. open-ended question. So Farah, that's fascinating. How did you get to X, Y, and Z? You know, but ask questions that really invite conversation rather than just the, the yes, no, because we're so fast-paced driven. As, as what you were just saying, Farah, 
And you know, along those yeah. lines, do you have any do you have any other tips or tricks to really demonstrate or to I be love, curious? I love that you're bringing up open ended questions. The other thing uh, I say is, if you're not in a position to ask a question, um, my shorthand is TED T E D. Tell, explain, describe. Tell me more about that. Explain that further. Describe what that was like. Right? Anything that puts the focus on getting more information from the other person and really making oh. it about their story. I love Ted, that you go to actionable tools. I'm all about that. So thank yes. you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, for sure. And and Ted, that's easy to remember. Tell, explain, yeah. describe. <laughs> Yes, that's that's a great one to remember. You know, before we go to break, I, I do want to start going into the because we've mentioned this, we've got this global environment, but yet we mm-hmm. we have a local culture that we live in. We've got this global place that we're working in, and so talk more yeah. about local versus global leadership. Gosh, this is a dynamic uh, of global local that I've been thinking about the last couple of years as I've been traveling the world, doing some work with clients and trainings, etc. And it is so fascinating, right, because on the one hand, businesses are enhancing their global footprint. There are um, local offices uh, being created all over the world. And with working with clients on that level, the question that I keep asking myself is, what is it going to take to create a balance between the two? Um, and in terms of specific examples, uh, there have been times when I've been in local offices where um, the value system of a culture is might be different than a global mission. Um, and I always give the story of uh, the East and West. Now, I, I say this acknowledging that things have changed uh, towards more progress in the last few years. But my experience when I moved to the States in... Um, but gosh, uh, 2001, there was this dynamic, you know, having grown up in India and having seen the reverence to the West, learning from the West, uh, the way uh, the Western visitors are treated in Asian cultures. There is, there is a hospitality. There is a um, completely taking care of. There is no expectation of your visitor. We'll take care of it for you. And when the East comes West, uh, there is uh, an expectation of, well, do you know the pop culture? Do you know the teens in New York? Or, you know, have you been watching Friends? And if you haven't, then you've got to catch up because that's how we're going to connect. Mm-hmm. And on both sides of this, there is one push or one pull. And what is it going to take for an equal amount of push and pull on both sides? Um, and it's the same global versus local. Um, I, I was at a women's leadership uh, conference where I was working with some women, and they were introducing themselves. And I noticed that, and I didn't, here's the other thing, right? For me, all of this is intersectional. Uh, you can't look at, um, for me, when I look at equity and inclusion, I can't look at gender without looking at culture. Um, and because everything goes together, it is so nuanced. And I was in a room full of incredibly qualified, powerful, inspirational, compassionate women leaders. And uh, the, the women from Asian countries of Asian origin um, did not speak to their own leadership. They spoke to who inspired them and who they wanted to aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And then women from Europe and the United States spoke about all of their accomplishments. 
And I was just fascinated by that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these women are at the very same level in their careers in different parts of the world. And so when a global organization says, uh, you know, to, to move forward in your career, you have to actively speak about your accomplishments and you have to actively seek out your mentors and initiate, etc. These are all very Western values that I have now come to internalize myself. I didn't have them growing up. I wasn't taught that. I didn't see that in the messaging around me. The messaging around me was you put your head down and you work hard and your work will speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking about one nuance of a diversity of culture here. So when I look at global and local, the question that I'm asking the leaders at the global level is what are you doing to understand the local dynamic of your values? Mm-hmm. And what I'm asking the local offices are how are you flexing to what your global organization is asking for of you and yet maintaining your own identity. And again, these are not very clear answers. These are nuanced. These are messy. These are uh, constantly in flux. But if we don't start thinking about them, we run the risk of the push and pull being very one-sided. Absolutely. And and Farah, let's pause right there. I think we've got a little more to talk about in this area. We've got to go to commercial break. So everyone stay tuned and we will be waiting for you on the other side of this commercial. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life. And for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you frustrated that you can't seem to achieve your goals? Stop struggling and discover your power on Creatrix. Creating the life you want. Hosted by Amira Mondin. This show features the world's most intriguing guests, ready to guide you to self-realization using the powerful gift of your own mind. Tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And here we are. So today my guest Farabala and I are talking about 
transformational leaders lifting up the humanity in business. And before the commercial break, we were delving into global versus local cultures just because of that's the way business is going. And really, that's the way life is going. We're, we're expanding in different corners of the world. And I believe this topic is so important. I want to continue talking because, Farah, before the break, you posed two very good questions that all of all of us should be thinking about. Would you mind sharing those again? And let's dive deeper into what leaders' responsibility is in terms of global leadership. Um, well, the, the two things that I keep thinking about is, especially when I'm going into different cultures, working with them, is how does a global mission and set of values accommodate for... Um, the, the local cultures. And what is that expectation? What if a global set of values is um, maybe not quite aligned with um, a, a local office's cultural dynamic? Um, and vice versa, how do local offices navigate the, uh, the, the different aspects of working with a global um, conglomerate? per se, uh, you know, and this could be as simple as working to one specific city's time zone because that particular city brings the most money for that business. So everyone else needs to accommodate to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where is the flexibility in it? Um, it could be in terms of the way leadership is perceived. Uh, again, there is... Um, you know, there is an Eastern sensibility of a reverence to seniority, both in age and um, uh, professional seniority, let's say. And um, there, is, there is a reverence, there is a sense of respect, there is a sense of, you know, knowing what, what your place is in that dynamic, which is very different from Western sensibility of there is more uh, of a of a palliness, for lack of a better word, more of an informal communication dynamic. And if you are asking your leaders to really speak for themselves and make themselves seen and heard, because that's how you're going to move up, how are you going to accommodate for cultures that may or may not value that, and what support can you initiate? If you're asking emerging leaders to seek mentorship, what effort are you putting in to seek out mentors? Um, If you're expecting your local offices to be very cognizant of one or two specific offices who are bringing in the bulk of the clients or where the bulk of the work is going on, what effort are you putting in to have your leaders from those particular cities go to your local offices to understand who they are, how they work? Yes. and, you know, that, that last point, that point that you just made there, it's so profound because I can say from my experiences as well with my international work, so I learned so many lessons. You, you Until you're in the place in that moment, you can read a book, you can hear people talk about it, but until you're there, I have one example. I was working in the our Tokyo office and... I was I was staying till about nine or ten o'clock at night because you know let's face it when you're on the road it's easier to stay in the office and work and so I was working and of course I had to connect with my team that was here in the U.S. and I realized I looked around and went wow everybody works late in this office come to find out mm-hmm. it was because I was the most senior person in the office and they wouldn't leave until I left it was like you know mm-hmm. little things like that that mm-hmm. you don't even you don't know until you're there in the moment so. 
I, I, I wasn't taught in, in the moment uh, in a similar way, right? I'm not just, when I talk about leaders, I'm not in, excluding myself at yeah. all. I've had moments where, you know, I'm very uh, westernized in the way I speak, the, the level of directness that I have, um, sometimes a level of prescriptiveness um, and assertiveness that might not be the, the norm in other parts of the world. And I've... I've learned to give myself pause and be a lot more intentional about new places that I'm going into. Um, and, and that is the learning that I bring forth to my clients as well. Like, what do I not know about a particular place and a particular people? Um, how do I enable my own curiosity and vulnerability to admit that, hey, here's what I don't know. Here's where I need your help. Um, so we have our own blind spots. Everyone does. I think... I think the difference is to to make the effort to acknowledge them, to discover them, and then rewire our brain to do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. And it requires work. So, would you say oh, in yes. this how does how does assimilation fit into all of this? Right. Um, I so when I look at intercultural dynamics, I. Again, my own preference is the word integration versus assimilation, and here's why. Um, I feel assimilation can be, again, putting the onus on the person assimilating. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you are new to here, you are now going to have to assimilate. So, again, it's very one-sided where only one part is doing the work. Integration for me has the duality, has the back and forth, has the give and take and the push and pull. It's saying, oh, you are new here. What am I going to do to help you integrate? What do I need to do to flex to work with you? Mm-hmm. And again, when we talk about transformation, it has to be two ways. It cannot be one-sided. So um, it, integration is a huge part of um having a global footprint. How do you, how do you want your people to integrate uh, not just with, with the, the organization, but with each other? Mm-hmm. And where is the expectation? Who is it on? Is there balance to it? And how can you create the balance? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there, you know, there's lots of research around this. There's a term called bicultural, for example, where when you go in with the mindset that you just said, saying, what do I not know? I need help here to understand what I don't know in this culture. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you, we become more bicultural, meaning we can switch, you know, if we're in the global office or in the local office. But it requires a lot of work. And what you're mm-hmm. saying is for transformational leaders to really lead their organizations into the, into the future, that's what's going to be required. Maybe it's tri-cultural or quad-cultural because we're mm-hmm. at a rapid phase, right? We've got just a few minutes yeah. left before we have to go to break. And I, I want to ask you, how do you think, because I ask a lot of all my guests and I'd love to hear your perspective on energy and how does one's energy factor into being a transformational leader in the context of everything we've been talking about today? When I think of energy, I think of intuition. Okay. And our ability to channel our own intuition is crucial to to bringing out that authenticity in ourselves and the people around us. Um, 
And energy shifts because as much as we're tuned into ours, people have different energies. So how can we, again, it's that give and take, um, going into a new space or an existing space. What is that energetic dynamic? What is that push and pull, give and take? Um, where can I be more authentic? And what do I need to listen to of myself? Whether it is identifying a blind spot or um, admitting to a vulnerability or sharing a personal story, whatever that is, um, our energy has the ability to shift the room, has, has the ability to shift the dynamic of a group. And so for me, the more mindful we are about the energy that we bring in, and it could be something as simple as someone with a really big personality uh, going into a, a local office and, um, you know, giving a 10-minute speech, uh, that energy takes up the room. Mm-hmm. Sure does. And, um, and that energy may or may not invite the group to partic- participate uh, in that content as a conversation. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, and our energy has the ability to be flexible. Um, and so in, in my work, I always say, who are we talking to? Who's the audience in theatrical terms? Uh, what do they need? And how can I flex my message in a way that they can hear it? And that's mm-hmm. what the coming together is. And um, what I just described is a very tactical way of energies coming together um, and, and in a conversation, but, um, it could, it could be in, in many various places in life and work. But for I, me, I energy to answer your question, um, is, is your gut. And the more you have access to listening to your own intuition, um, that's your biggest teacher. You learn Absolutely. a lot from that relationship. Yes. And and listening to your gut, there's so much power in that. And there's a reason why your gut says yay or nay, depending on the scenario. And I'm also thinking about all the stuff that we've talked about today that your energy. So, for example, I can just speak from my own truth. I know I have high energy and I used to, you know, get feedback. Oh, you know, Matt's in the office. Everyone can tell that sort of thing. But I also know I had to take what you just said. I had to regulate it or what do I want to say monitor it because when I would enter different offices in different countries my energy mm-hmm. could be perceived differently and so what yeah. you're talking about is so true so follow your gut you lead with your energy but also you need to be mindful of the environment that you're in and the culture and the people who you are with so so great I'm so glad that you brought that all together for us we're at a commercial break and when we come back here Farah is your challenge so be thinking about this what are the key lessons we need to remember and and take away from today's conversation so for everyone out there listening we'll be back here on the other side us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life 
have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Now, today's show is focused on how transformational leaders not only have the ability, but also the call to lift up the humanity and business. And my guest, Farah, you know, Farah, you've brought so many thought-provoking ideas to the conversation today. And so here's what I would like, would like for you to do is give us those, those nuggets. What is it that we should remember as we think about being transformational leaders and uplifting humanity and all that we do? Yes, uh, I wish I wish we had more than five minutes to, to go over this, but I will I will try my best. So, I've been thinking about th- this work that we've been talking about requires creating a space for challenge, challenging ourselves and the ability to challenge each other in a respectful, um, growth-oriented process. And so, here are some things that I've come up with to to start challenging yourself around your own unconscious biases. Asking yourself and the people around you these two simple questions. Who's not in the room? Who should be? Or who have I not considered? Ask this of yourself. Ask this of the room. It creates that vulnerability. It creates that trust. Ask, what am I not considering in terms of strategy, in terms of, you know, the the, the business aspect of it? Mm -hmm. Uh, These, by default, start making you veer away from your shorthand and start getting creative in terms of other ways of doing things and bringing in other people to do it with. Number two, curiosity. The one that is tough because we always have our own agenda. Again, reflect uh, with yourself and with others. Who is someone in this office or on my team who I don't really know very well? And then schedule a coffee date and Mm. put the lens of focus on them and get interested about them. Use those open-ended questions that Matt uh, brought up. Um, and let them know, by the way, so that they don't feel like they're put on the spot. It's like, wait, <laughs> what's going on? Why, do, why am I getting all this attention? Let right. them know what your intention is, that I realize that we haven't really had a chance to get to know each other. And then finally, how do you do the, the first two? By working on your listening. It's, it's like the core skill to make you that better communicator. So reflect on that. What? How do you do as a listener? What are your strengths as a listener? What are your defaults? What's your shorthand? 
Are you listening to understand? Are you listening to debate? Are you listening in a way so that you figure the other person out and what they want to say and then you jump in with your point of view versus really saying, no, I just want to take, take a step back and hear where you're coming from. Again, if you don't get clear messages from yourself about who you are as a listener, solicit it. Ask around. What kind of listener am I? How do you feel when I'm in conversation with you? I'm working on this skill, so I'd love your feedback. I'm all about tactical tools, and just starting with these questions starts rewiring the brain and starts building new muscle memory. And the more you do it, the more you get used to it, and more it becomes part of your shorthand so that you don't walk into any meeting without thinking, okay, who's not in the room? Who should be? Right. And like you said, it's building muscle memory. If you have to put a, a post-it, you know, on, on your, in your book or put a note on your smartphone or something that says, don't forget to ask who's not in the room. That's okay because you're building new muscle memory and it's a behavior that you're changing within yourself. And I think it also says, you know what, I'm working on this. I do have blind spots, just like we talked about earlier. So ask questions. Yeah. Be be curious. I, so I'm just going to jump in real quick because you're reminding me the when you we ask ourselves these questions in the presence of other folk around us, we are starting to create new culture. Because if you forget, someone else is going to tell us who's not in the room because we've normalized that question in the room. Uh, I love that you're bringing up that it's it's okay to not remember because again, this is this is a long term change, right? This is that marathon. It's not going to start, you, you may or may not start seeing immediate impact of it, but you are starting something that at least that's geared towards a different transformational vision. I love that. You know, and in practical sense, you know, when I'm doing a, a communication course, I'll say, get a coach in real time to give you signals. This is exactly what you're saying there. We are almost, we're almost out of time. I have to tell you, I will always remember Ted from this conversation to, to <laughs> ask someone to tell, explain, or describe Ted. What a great acronym yeah. to employ. Fire I can't thank you enough for being here today, for sharing your insights with such passion and energy. And for the guests out there, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, sure. Um, well, LinkedIn is a good place. I'm not very active on social media, but I do visit LinkedIn time and again. Um, and the name up there is the same, Farah Bala. And if you want to contact me personally, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. It is farah at farabala.com. And Matt, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor to have this conversation with you and your listeners. Oh, absolutely. And for everyone else out there that's listening, please go out there, start start being curious, ask questions, and reflect on how you're engaging with others to be transformational. So until the next time we all get together, I want you to harness your energy and make some transformation happen. Take care. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.